Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Maria, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hello, Jesus. What's going on, Maria? Well, uh, I'm feeling really down again. Um, Why? I'm going to ask you the question first, and then I'm going to answer whatever questions you want. Okay. Um, How many times do I need to forgive and forget all the hurt and pain caused by my own mother? Seven times 70. You've got to continue to forgive her in your heart because that's for you. That's that's so that you don't harbor that that hate and anger. Uh, Forgiving, most people don't uh, understand, is for you, the forgiver, more so than it is for the forgivee. So that's for you. But what is she doing to you that makes you not want to forgive her? Well, she had a lot to do with destroying my third marriage. Your third marriage? My third marriage. Okay, who destroyed the second one? And I have contemplated suicide. Maria? Maria? Maria, if you're contemplating suicide, this is not the program for you. Well, I'm not doing it right now, but I had in the past twice. And I just think to myself, I'm not going to give her that satisfaction. Okay, Maria, who destroyed the first and second marriage? Well, she had a lot to do with it. How so? Does she have a room in your home? Well, no, but she, like in the last one, she isolated me from the rest of my family. Every time I even mention his name, it's like everybody turned their eyes. It's like, oh, you're going to talk about him again and things like that. Why? Was he a bad guy? No. She just didn't like him. Did any but she of... made him sound like he was a horrible person to everybody else, and they didn't even give him a chance to even get to know him. Did all of your marriages end in divorce? Yeah. You're really bad at this. Why do you keep getting married? I don't know. I wouldn't put that. Looking I wouldn't for put love in all the wrong places, like your other color. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't put this on your mom. I think you just stink at, at relationships. Well, that maybe, but no, I'm I'm when, confident. Of when it. we come over, when we used to come over, I mean, one time she almost hit him for no reason, just for disagreeing with her. Maria, and he wasn't being disrespectful. Yeah, Maria. Some things that I frown upon on this program is when people do things for no reason. There's no such thing. People don't do things for no reason unless they're mentally ill. And even then, it's because they're mentally ill, i.e. a reason. So uh, when there's conspiracy theories or one person out to get you or this person is always doing bad, I, I I tend to have a problem with it because it's just not the way things work. So... In this case, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal with the person who, who bravely picked up the phone, that's you, and called. So let's work on Maria because uh, your mom will pass away. Your mom doesn't have to be in your life. That's a choice you make. Um, and so the, really the only person that can do anything about any of these choices is Maria. So how come Maria stinks at relationships? I don't know. So this guy left you because of your mom. He told you, you know what? Well, 
what happened is that we had a, a different problem, and instead of solving the problem, um, we distanced from each other for a little while. And then when we tried to get back together, he said, why even bother? What, what was the problem? Get involved again. Okay, what was the problem? Uh, that time it was his daughter. Okay, and what was going on with his daughter? Uh, she was sick, and she was very disrespectful and insultive. To you? And To me, yes. What What and is with I the problem? Felt, why, said, why, why can't you guys deal with each other's extended family? And how come everybody's out me. to get to you? Do you see or hear a pattern here, Maria? I really, really want you to hear this pattern because I I know you have it in you to turn this around. But what won't work is rejecting truth. Scripture is all about truth. And you know, the entirety of Scripture can be whittled down, although it shouldn't be, but can be whittled down to relationships. The entirety of Scripture, from Adam and Eve to the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are part about your relationship with other human beings and part about your relationship with God. And, and really, the, uh, the entirety of Scripture points to being able to interact and to love one another and to deal with each other on a daily basis. And it seems that you're kind of playing the role of a victim, and oftentimes victims are not victims, they're volunteers. And I see you as volunteering for bad relationships, for bad situations, um, and it won't get better as long as you're in the equation, and you can't remove you from you. So what do I do? Become a better you. Find out what the stickler is, and if you really want to dive in, you can go to those people that you think are are mean towards you, and you can go to them and you say, you know what? I, I, I ask a simple favor of you. If you can write down five things on a piece of paper, try not to be cruel, but five things on a piece of paper that you think I do poorly or that I can do better. And take those home. Pray over them and take them to heart. Find out which ones you think really are things you need to work on and which ones aren't. And thank them for their time and for caring enough to put this stuff down on paper. Because you you want to be the best you you can. And I don't mean in this weird psychobabble, you know, television psychology type of way. I'm telling <laughs> you that you are created by God with gifts and abilities handcrafted with love, with a purpose on this earth, and it's not to be whining about other people, I guarantee you. So this is a time when you need to uh, to seek introspection, um, to continue testing those things in your life, finding out which is healthy, which is not. You know, everything that, that is living on this planet, Maria, eats, sleeps, and gives waste. So... A a living relationship of any kind should do the same. You should consume things, new new things. Um, There should be times of rest or introspection. I even had times where I was alone or I prayed alone, spent time alone, and waste. Get rid of the things that don't work, that aren't healthy, that don't promote a good, solid relationship. But it seems that you get rid of relationships instead. Instead of getting rid of the things that are problems in them, you get rid of the whole relationship. Three marriages, please don't get married again. You don't do it good. You you know, you had three three shots at it. And I know that they can be difficult. Uh mm-hmm. 
but a lot of people work through them. And if, if you're seeing that pattern, it's just not something that you do well. And you can't keep leaving a, a, a litany of relationship corpses behind you everywhere you go. That's just not going to work. You're, you're going to end up dying alone and very sad, Maria, until you look uh, inside yourself, pray, uh, you know, you can look and see that there's often people that talk about the Proverbs 31 woman and the the strength of, of a good woman. If, and you want to seek those things for yourself. And despite what, what critics may say, it's not, uh, you know, a woman who just uh, shuts up and minds her own business and does what the man says. That's not what I want. But what I want you to find inside you is that kind person that I know is there that uh, Scripture points to uh, as being the the core of your design, that God's created you to seek Him and to seek out goodness and to love your neighbor and to work with your, your mother. If she is a terrible, horrible person, then don't be around her. Don't let her into your life at all, and certainly don't let her into your relationships because it may be that you guys bring the worst out in each other. But the fact that his daughter had problems with you and everything else— Work on yourself, Maria, and the rest will follow. Brennan, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hey, Jesus. Hey. What's going on? Not a whole lot. What's going on with you? Um, not much. I just had a question regarding uh, Sheol and Hades. Uh-huh. Um, as far as when you die, if you go to heaven or hell immediately, or and if you do, can you come back? Okay, and and there's there's dispute over Gehenna and and the concept of hell and Sheol and Tesaurus and all of these different uh, words that often are translated into hell uh, or uh, the grave or these types of things. But the the main question here is what I would like to address, uh, Brennan, and that is about you know what happens when you die. It says in Scripture for the believer and. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, and in as much as it is appointed for men to die once, and after this comes the judgment. Also in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, Paul is talking uh, to believers and saying to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So there's no reason to believe uh, that there's some, uh, something other than you going to heaven. Uh, as a believer afterwards. Now, as far as hell, uh, there are debates that go on uh, among uh, Christianity and those involved in Christianity as to how this works with hell and the comparisons that take place in Scripture between heaven and hell that would could lead one to believe that there is no difference, that the immediacy would be the same. Uh, keep in mind that the chronology of things that happen on earth, that the, you know, the time that you experience things on earth don't take place in heaven. There is no time in heaven or outside of this universe in this way, in this sense, in this form. So sometimes it's a little complicated to try and apply when or where questions to heaven because heaven is outside of when and where. So applying those gets kind of difficult. As far as coming back, there is uh, there is nothing in Scripture that refers to someone coming back in a positive form. 
There are times where there were those that had prayed and tried to get somebody from the dead to come back, and when it happened, it was not a good scene. It did not go down well. So, Brennan, in, in Deuteronomy and in other passages, it talks about not praying to the dead, uh, not talking to the dead, um, uh, this necromancy or praying to the dead, speaking to the get, dead is uh, significantly uh, denied in Scripture. So the thought of going away, um, dying, and coming back in any way, shape, or form is really um, looked down upon throughout Scripture. The only time there is anyone that uh, had passed and then came back was yours truly. And that's that's a significant thing. That's a that's throughout Scripture. That's a very powerful and significant thing. So the death, uh, the concept of death and going, uh, graduating to heaven. It talks about uh, in Scripture that there's no tears in heaven. So there is no thought. How torturous would it be to somebody who's now in heaven to know what's going on on earth? And since there is no torture or any of those things being felt in heaven, uh, you can conclude quite reasonably that in Scripture, uh, in addition to Scripture, that there is there's no communication between the two except the one uh, mediator between man and God, and that's me. So Scripture is very specific about those things. You die once, you're, you go to heaven— be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, and there is no reincarnation. There's no coming back. I know this frustrates some people uh, because the do-over sounds kind of nice, but that's not the way it works. That would negate the coming, dying on the cross, and everything else. Mike, oh. welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Well, thank you very much. I, uh, I guess I, I appreciate that. Uh... <laughs> That you can that you that you're taking my call. I, I am I, I'm honored, and I and I hope that uh, you can give me a little guidance. Well, let's see what we can do. Okay. Well, basically, I'm I'm 55. I'm your, your I'm probably I guess a classic doubting Thomas type of fellow, but I think under underneath I've always been a, a believer. I had a lot of a lot of uh, uh, I was uh, raised Catholic, eight years at a parochial school, but I've had enough confusion. Uh, to remain a doubting Thomas type of fellow, mm-hmm. and um, and I think I've been afraid to really stay committed to to being a good church-going practicing fellow. Uh, partly, I guess, because uh, I thought I think I was overzealous in my my youth, and I saw an awful lot of craziness, and so I felt that it was people were more directly responsible uh, for their mistakes. And their problems, and, and uh, shouldn't be relying on God. It basically, so because of that, and then the fact that I have, uh, I know people of all different Christian faiths, and some they're always um, blasting the other church as their sure. own church, which is mm-hmm. partly the way I was raised. Uh, and so I've, I just can't. Um, another reason why I can't really commit and decide where to go. I, I do have one thing that's kind of helped me recently. I have a grandson who's four and a half, and my wife and I, we pay for his daycare at a local small Lutheran church, and it just seems to have been great. Mm-hmm. But I still don't know where to go, and I was... Uh, so you're basically searching for a, a church that suits you and your family? Yeah, 
I, I guess so. I, I, you know, I married a divorced Southern Baptist. Uh, her first husband was gay. Uh, that helps to add to my confusion. Uh, my, one of my brothers, uh, he's an evangelical. He's been through different churches, and I've heard some of his stories. And it's like, gosh, they can't even be happy where they're going. So, uh, and then of course all the turmoil in the Catholic Church over the past couple of decades. Sure. Uh, so I, you know, and, and that the fact that I'm kind of afraid to be to commit to uh we tried when my children were younger i have four adult children we tried and we got a little hung up uh, when they started blasting our kids with uh you know original sin and trying to lay uh immediate guilt trip on them and so i just uh you know it's kind of it's difficult i had a lot of that pumped into me when i was a kid okay well there there's a lot that you're throwing out there and um I'm a, the, that's me no no thinking is a good thing you know scripture uh, mike says that you're to love god with all of your all of who you are that includes your brain that includes your spirit that concludes all of who you are and some people tend to kind of partition their faith and oh well i'll love god with my faith but i'm not going to use my brain or um, i'm not going to use my body and do it actually in a practical sense and no i want it to be all of it and and so thinking through it is a good thing um what i don't want you to do is to confuse the essentials the important the essence of what christianity is with the flavoring uh the different flavors or the different denominations this show uh, focuses, and if you listen for any length of time, focuses on the essentials, the things that Protestants and Catholics uh, usually agree on. Uh, the hardcore essentials both agree on, mm-hmm. always. Right. The uh, yeah, all of those things are going to be the essentials. That's what makes Christianity Christianity. It's like, uh, you know, there's uh, when the early computers came um, uh, came on board and they built these printers for them, uh, they were very crude printers. And if you were to draw a circle... The way the computer would see it was actually a bunch of straight lines in the smallest um, uh, in the sol- smallest sense they could make them, and kind of recreating a circle type thing uh, based on these straight lines. Uh, and it's really a shape, but it's not a circle. It's circle-ish. Well, there's a point where a circle stops being a circle if it starts having corners and starts becoming a square. So the essentials are what make it. Christianity. And if they change, it stops being Christianity and becomes something else. So the essentials you're going to have in any Bible-believing, God-fearing, uh, Scripture-teaching church. That's, that's true. So, would, that's, so that's the first thing, and that's what you, you can—with uh, the advent of the Internet, you can go on, on and see most churches have websites and have their mission statement and their articles of faith and the things that they believe— Right there, you can look and see if anything's missing or something's added or any of those things. That's the essentials. Okay, that's um, right, yeah. uh, There's a saying that we use here on the program that's been around forever, and that is, in the essentials, unity, in the non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity. And what that points to is that you never waver for the essentials. That's the part that, you, that is immutable. Nothing, it can never change. In your search. So that stays, and that's off to the left. You know what that is. Now, there's the, uh, in the non-essentials, these are the gray areas or things that people differ in, whether it's uh, infant baptism or um, these types of things, uh, where they land in your church. Uh, the, what is referred to in the Catholic Church as the Eucharist or referred to in pr- certain Protestant circles as communion uh, will differ as well. These types of things. 
Um, you have to find where where their importance lies in your life and to you, and you weigh these things. You know, people assume um, that the Catholic Church is exactly the same everywhere you go, and that's not true. There's a lot of Catholic churches that uh, appeal more to youth or to younger folks or to families, or if they don't as a whole, they have a service that does or a mass that does. And um, in the Protestant realm, there's going to be churches that are the same. They're going to either have different services that will appear to different types, the creative types, younger types, family types, what have you, or the church itself might. And you test those things and find out which is to your liking. And then, and then outside of those things, be loving in all of those settings. Um, the Catholic Church has taken a beating, rightly so. Uh, there are some disgusting things that have taken place and even more disgusting things that the leadership uh, of the church has either done or not done uh, to defend its parishioners uh, against such things. Yeah. But um, they're uh, still God's church, and the mistakes or the wrongdoings uh, have to be looked at as to a case-by-case basis, and you can look at different churches. Not every single church was participating in those things. Um, yeah, I was an altar boy and, and uh, when I was a young guy. And, I mean, I guess, thank God, I didn't see anything of that nature. Uh, and I, I, did, I did really love the experience. And most cases, that was what, what people experienced, quite honestly. In the majority of the cases, that's what they experienced. The difference between the Catholic Church and the Protestant Church is that the Protestant Church is broken up for better or for worse, um, is broken up into different denominations. And and, uh, and so well, it yeah, looks yeah, a little yeah. different. When a Protestant church has a problem, they go, oh, it was that church. When a Catholic church has a problem, everybody assumes it's the entirety of the church. Yeah. So it, it gets a little different beef. So you weigh all those things. Don't just believe something because it was what you were brought up in. If you feel like branching out, then you branch out. Um uh, but you've got to kind of write down what's important to Mike and what you're looking for. And keep in mind that Doubting Thomas didn't doubt, wasn't a doubter of faith. Doubting Thomas was a, a hardcore believer. His doubt came in whether he believed it was my resurrected body in front of him or not. Oh, that's, and it, yeah, that's and it took him a minute. But he still believed. He, he never stopped believing. People often put him in the category of like an agnostic or something. But no, he believed. He just, he what he was like, that's not, I, I have to touch him. And, and once he touched, he said, okay, yep, that's what I thought it, uh, uh, it could be, but I didn't know for sure. So really it's about touching right now, Mike. It's about exploring churches and finding out which one suits you, never, never veering from the essentials. Is there any possibly uh, one item of, uh, of, of, uh, of, you know, written, besides, of course, the Bible, written modern-day uh, book that might be somewhat on how to find a, a church yeah or just help me f- maybe yeah find a church find uh <laughs> a, well the, those, an easier way to decide well really it's like uh it's not as difficult as you think and uh, for the sake of you know uh i don't want to hammer you over the head but i want you to think about this when you sit down to eat a meal i'm hard-headed you got a hammer <laughs> okay i'll swing away mike <laughs> uh when you sit down to eat a meal the the key uh, importance is that it's got it has nutrients and that it's going to fuel your body. That really is the key. Mm. Everything else is going to be flavor and taste. Well, I wanna 
I want to eat outside because it's a beautiful day. Or um, I want to eat inside because it's a lousy day. Or um, I feel like chicken today. Or I feel like beef today. Whatever it is, those things um, uh, are going to be your taste and only you will know. A book can't tell you. As far as the nutrients and the specifics, that's the essentials. So what I'd say is learn the essentials, uh, hammer those in your head, learn over and over the essentials, um, and there's many books on those, and there's books on finding a good church, but but really there's nothing that I would necessarily recommend. There's enough in Scripture to show you, uh, you know, what a good leader would be, as it talks about in Timothy, or the, the strength or importance of a church gathering together. If you read the epistles, the epistles are all letter, letters to early churches— uh, when they were either doing something right or doing something wrong, so that helps you. I'm not sure quite how to spell that, epistles. Well, just look at it this way. Anything that says, like, uh, the Corinthians, First, Second Corinthians, okay. Ephesians, Philippians, those are all church. The Church of Philippi, the Church of Ephesus. These were, Epistles is just a big fancy word for letter. Okay. Um, so it was letters to those churches. And you can use that as your your kind of guide to understand more about what you're looking for, but just never veering from the nutrients, from the essentials, is the key. The rest is really going to be, well, I like a good band. It gets me in the mood, to, you know, when I worship and I hear music, and maybe an organ's not my, my, my speed. Or, you, on the other side, go, you know what, I really like the simplicity of a single voice and the organ and the beauty of that quietness before God. You find that. But as far as the teachings, the core teachings, always have to be surrounding the essentials. And you'll find it, Mike. And, and I, I would love to hear back from you when you do find something you like. Or if you don't, we'll continue to talk and we'll find you something. Barbara, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Yes, hi. Good morning, Jesus. I'm glad to be talking to you today. My pleasure. How can um, I help you? What I wanted was to hear you talk about uh, the Trinity. I want to have a better understanding of the three persons of, of the Trinity. Okay. And um, I guess the way I kind of think about it is God the Father was the Creator God, and then God the Son, you, are my Lord and Savior, um, that you came to us and died on the cross to save us from our sins. But I wanted to have a better understanding of, of uh, God the Holy Spirit, because I feel like if I had a better understanding, I'd have a better relationship. Okay. Now, the Trinity is not something that can, as they, as they say, cannot be caught, taught, or wrought, per se, because sometimes it's a little unwieldy. But it, it can be understood to a certain degree, definitely enough to, to participate in. You know, you don't understand the, the workings of a combustion engine either, but you drive a car. It's one of those things that you're, you're not always going to fully understand it. Now, some of the things you said are right, but also wrong. Um, yes, God the Father created, but it also says in Scripture that so did the Holy Spirit and so did I. Okay, that's so, what I need to understand so maybe it's, a that, little bit better. The thing that's confusing is that people get the, the, the divine essence confused. There's only one God, yes. the divine essence, God the Father, first person of the Trinity, God the Son, second person of the Trinity, and God the Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity. Now, all of the, them in the Trinity, okay, are equal. We're all equal. Yes. Having only what they refer to as uh, functional subordination. So the functionality is what confuses people because they start thinking, well, they're different. But the 
person the personalities makes it sound like you've got a schizophrenic god or something. Yeah, that's I not the, the way case. I was trying to think of it was you know to give the three persons of God a different job or something like kind that. Kind of, kind of. Now the Trinity gets tricky in, in explanation. Imagine uh, and an analogy we give on the air quite often is the analogy of time: mm-hmm. yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It's all one. Time is one essence in those three personages, if you will, and that is past, present, and future. They can't exist or don't exist separate from one another. They are connected always, but have different purposes, per se. And so in this, in this particular case, uh, imagine it this way. The Holy Spirit is uh, what a lot of people refer to as their conscience, and uh, it's, it's that entity which uh, motivates you to seek God, to seek uh, the Son, I, the Son, am the bridge that allows you to get to the Father, and uh, the Father is God. Now, we're all God right. simultaneously. That's imperative to understand. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's right, then, that the Holy Spirit is like our conscience? Well, that's part of it, in in the sense that Scripture talks about the the placement of the Holy Spirit. If you remember... Uh, the Holy Spirit gives you gifts. The Holy Spirit kind of is referred to as the comforter, the helper. You mm, would you right. would think of that as your conscience sometimes. Uh, bears witness to uh, the glory of, of God, John 15, 26. Uh, convict the world of sin. That's like your conscience, John 16, 7 through 14. So uh, uh, that definitely that plays a part. It's not in it entirety you got you have to have a problem with oversimplifying um but understand it in in that way that it's that subordination that's only in the the functionality but otherwise all are god co-equal uh co-existent um one god uh, our jewish brothers and sisters would say the shema shema yisrael adonai elohenu adonai echad that's hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, echad, always. There, it's not three gods, not tripartite, it's trinity, it's the triune nature of God. I hope that helps. I thank you so much for joining me this Sunday. I hope you will join me every single Sunday. If you're new to the program, continue to give it an opportunity uh, so that you may understand it in its fullness before you come to any conclusions or, heaven forbid, judgments. Uh, But I do thank you for your time. And remember, above all things, including this program, I am with you always. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.